Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey, this is Daniel Martin from In Doubt, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Katie Westenberg, and we're talking about attention, and more specifically, how we are distracted and our attention gets lost on things, right? It seems like it's so hard to just stay focused on reading a book or stay focused in a sermon or even just reading our Bible because we live in such a distracted world. And so we spent a little bit of time talking about that, looking through some of these issues, but also what is the heart of God? In this, and how do we actually, knowing that we are people who are distracted, how do we begin to again reorient our attention back on the Lord? So I hope you find this episode helpful. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This is Daniel Markin, and today I'm joined by Katie Westenberg. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. Now you are joining us from. Washington State. So yeah, great to have you on here today. And you are a writer and a contributor uh, to Gospel Coalition. But uh, Katie, why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and, and maybe some of the other ministry that you do? Is, is this something that you do full time? Are you involved with various other things? Uh, we'd love to get to know you before we jump into our uh, super interesting topic today. I'm from Washington State and the non-Seattle part of Washington State. So people think it's all rainy here, but I actually live on the drier side of the state. And I've been married for almost 21 years and I have four kids. My oldest is 17. My youngest is 10, two girls and two boys who I homeschool. So that's really my full-time work at this season of life. But I do get to write and um, speak a little bit on the side. So yes, I've written for the Gospel Coalition. I published a book in 2020, but those are just kind of side things I get to do. And I'm really thankful I get to do them, but home life does take up a lot of my time in the season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, that shift, you know, we actually have seen so many people shifting that way, even after COVID with, you know, everyone had to homeschool and things like that. And I imagine maybe we could all see, probably do like a whole episode on the challenges and the benefits of that as well, right? Um, but we're actually going to talk a little bit today about, um, you, you wrote an article for Gospel Coalition called Why Our Attention Needs Stewardship. And so what we're talking today about is this idea, and I think broadly speaking, of we live in a very distracting world where like everything is constantly vying for our attention. Uh, whether it's ads or notifications on our phone uh, or TV shows, right? We we live in a time where our attention is is easily distracted, and you know people will say like today's teenagers have the attention span of a goldfish, which you know it sounds horrible. At the same time, it's just kind of what are the reality of how things are now. Like we've grown up in that. I think about myself growing up as I'm like the tail end of millennial, early kind of Gen Z. Uh, I've I've known nothing but kind of this digital age, and so you know when people talk about having these, you know, really long form discussions, and and you know, I, I can appreciate that, but I find halfway through I've you know I've lost attention myself, and so I want to talk a little bit about you know your article here, and then maybe we can dive into you know more about that. But what was kind of the the purpose behind writing this, and you know, were you writing this? thinking about your kids and kind of the world that they're growing up in as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is kind of twofold because I feel like I'm straddling that a little bit. We like to say that teenagers this day and age 
like you said, have the attention span of a goldfish, but I'm not sure adults and the older generations are that far ahead of them because we have just been saturated in this media now too. So we do know a life apart from it, but we don't necessarily have that life anymore either. So yes, I'm there myself, but then I am raising these teens and I want them to be able to exist with this media and these things that I didn't have. So oftentimes when we're parenting, we're either doing what our parents did or the opposite, because we don't want to do it that way. But there's no protocol for that with social media and those things because we didn't have that experience. So, so a little bit both for myself, for my kids, and mainly the themes that I write about are just themes I see on God's heart through scripture. And, and you kind of can, can see those themes coming back when Solomon talks about there's nothing new under the sun. Then you can start to ask those questions. Okay, wait, this dynamic does seem new, but are there themes and scripture that I really could be applying here. So that's kind of the heart behind the article. Hmm. As we kind of begin there, I want to maybe hear some of, through some of your research, how do we get to this place of history where we are so distracted? Um, one of the things that, I don't know if you've ever come across the book um, by Neil Postman, it's called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Mm-hmm. You're nodding, yeah. uh, so you know. Uh, his whole premise of his book is that you know, there was two books that were written about our society and the future of society, and everyone was terrified about them. One was uh, A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, and another one was 1984 by George Orwell. And 1984 came and went, and everyone was so happy, like, that, oh, our society didn't turn out like 1984, this controlled thought and, and, you know, like, us being robots and, uh, you know, controlled what we had to read. And Neil Postman's point was, no, we missed 1984, but we actually are closer to Alice Huxley in Brave New World, where he says, you won't need to control what people read or write because they'll be so distracted, they won't actually take you know, any time uh, to want to read a book. And so I actually totally, and, and then the rest of his book is, is going that way. And he said, you know, with the advancement of communication, the telegram, uh, technology, and then the television, it's like, communication has completely changed. And I think with that, our attention has changed. What other things have you noticed? Uh, and maybe it's through Postman's work or other you know, areas of research. Have you noticed this shift from a, a place of long form discussion to now quick, quick bite-sized things, which by the way, I'm happy for sometimes, right? Like there, sometimes there are certain books that should be articles, right? Like it's just like, give me that information quick. I can appreciate that. Um, what are your, some, some of your thoughts? on that. Well, that's interesting that you say that because we are quick to jump on board and let the pendulum swing one way or another. So we can look at that as wholly bad, but then we don't always necessarily take the time to address it from the other angle. Like there are good things here. There are benefit things, benefits that we need to recognize as well. In that Gospel Coalition article, I opened with a quote from Herbert Simon, who's a Nobel Peace Prize winning economist. And he said, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. Okay. And we see that in our world, just a wealth of information, so much content we can consume. What's interesting about his quote is that he passed away in, I think, 2001, but the height of his work was the 1970s. So so think about, he's saying that's a wealth of information and a poverty of attention in the 1970s, right? Like we didn't even have the internet then. So he was experiencing that then. And so when I go back to the heart of what I'm writing from, it's really God's call throughout scripture of when he's telling his, his people, remember, remember, I want you to remember this. And what happens when God's people forget? And you think, 
maybe it really is the, the same kind of thing all over again. We just forget. If you look back in history, and I, I'm not specifically a huge historian myself, but I think as believers, we kind of need to be. that. That's what scripture is, right? So this is where we see those themes. And we tend to jump on this cultural roller coaster of things that are impacting us. So this is, wow, this is it. This is so bad. But then those like early Puritan believers, they, they were really reticent to embrace uh, the theater to embrace novels like this, this form of entertainment is really going to be what kills the church. And so they were, they were quick to, to jump on a pendulum that over time kind of normalized itself too. So I want to be a little bit slow to, uh, to jump on any of those for when, when television hit, it was new and it was scary and man, it's going to change the world. And did it in some ways? Yes. Were there temptations and threats and um, just, distractions of sin that have always existed in the world that we need to be aware of. Absolutely. But I, I think there's a balance in between that we need to address as well. If that makes sense. Totally. And like in many ways, we've been blessed by television and we've been blessed by that sort of thing. And think about how easy it is for people to now, like in our information age, uh, like log on YouTube and, and search Christian sermons, you know, if they're just discovering, like there's, there's so many benefits to this explosion of information, but that is super interesting, though, what you're saying about Herbert Simon, right? Because he died in 2001. He didn't even make it to, like, the internet golden age, right? With, like, the like 2012 high-speed internet, everything just exploding that way. Like, we've seen so much exponential growth in technology that he never got to see. Uh, but you're right. With it comes a poverty of attention. As you've been, you know, as, as you've been thinking through this, Katie, what what breaks your heart as you think about our generation, think about young adults, as you think about us growing up, trying to follow the Lord, what breaks your heart for us um, in that sense of like, what are we missing out on? That's a great question. Great question. All of us should probably think through. It's, it's just that the drift is so easy now. The access is so easy. It's just everywhere. I didn't have this. You know, I think about that. In my early parenting days, I didn't have social media. I wasn't on that kind of thing. That's just when like blogs were coming into form. And so I didn't have something at my fingertips to always distract myself with. So the ease of access has changed. And I think that has really made it harder than it has before. We carry it in our pockets. It's on our wrist. It's vibrating all the time. So I think we have to be more intentional about fighting it because it's just at our fingertips like never before. Uh, but when you go behind that and think, what is the sin issue or what, what is the struggle that I really want to fight here? Those are usually the same. They're same, the same heart issues. So, so even though the distractions are great, like my call to choose what is right is also right there as well. Every single time the reminder to think, okay, God, I need you in this. I want to do something different. So I think it's a, an opportunity to be more intentional it's because it is right in front of us. We can't ignore it. Absolutely. You, in your article, um, were you know, talking about Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2. Set your mind, seek the things above. And it's interesting that Paul writes that 2,000 years ago. And yet it's still true for us today, right? To, because they could be distracted by other things. Like they went to that very sporting event. Now that's all they're thinking about, right? Or that other interaction that they had with the neighbor that didn't go so well. Now they're distracted about that thing and how they're going to you know, plot their revenge or whatever, right? Like it, it's just interesting you mentioned nothing new under the sun. Well, there's nothing new with humans, right? We are distracted. And what you're saying before reminded me of uh, this, this term that I've heard thrown around, which is spiritual amnesia, 
Which, you know, as I think about that, it's, it's one of the reasons like we, we just forget, right? And there's a reason that God keeps saying, remember this. Remember, I, we built this Ebenezer so that you can tell your sons and daughters to remember this thing. And, you know, extending that further, it's one of the reasons that we have, you know, communion because that's the opportunity to remember. Uh, that's why we have baptism so you can see it. Like constant repetition of things helps us to remember because we just forget and we sometimes forget the gospel. We forget like in our own lives, oh my goodness, like we forget the gospel and we begin to chase after sinful things and, and allow sinful thoughts to like discourage us, right? Like the words of the enemy uh, that are not true right? We, we allow those things that aren't true of us to like just plague our mind. And, um, you know, what does that mean to you? Set your mind, seek the things above. Mm-hmm. Well, it's exactly what you're saying. And I think it's really the sweetest encouragement to think that the Lord knew our frame. He knew we would struggle with this. That's why it's embedded all throughout scripture. That's why those um, Ebenezer stones and things you're talking about, he put all those things in place. So he's not horrified by our forgetfulness. Like, man, this is the most forgetful generation I've ever seen. Like he knows. So he put these things in place to say, you're going to need this. His word is timeless and timely. He says in Romans 12, 15, that the things that were written in former days are written for our instruction. He knew we would need them then. He knew we would need them now. So a lot of times it is just being cognizant. I need to love the Lord with all my heart and my soul and my mind. So I need my mind to focus. I need it set on him going to church and checking in on Sunday. That's great. But man, Monday comes and the distractions there and the temptation is here. So I need him to be with me. But the, the greatest hope for me there is John 14 and 16, when Jesus says he's going away and I'm leaving the Holy Spirit and he's going to teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things I've said to you. And I want to take him up on the offer. Like, can you bring these things to remembrance when I'm all these things are vying for my attention, Lord? Can you help me set my mind and bring it back there again? And he's not looking at me ashamed, like, ah, she messed up. She's distracted again. No, like he as a father, he has a father's heart to bring his children back again and again. And I think just that willingness really, really honors him. Lord, I want to do this. And I know I'm weak at this and the temptations are great, but I can't imagine how much that honors him just to have children who are saying, God, help me here. Help, help. I want the Holy Spirit to prompt me and to bring to mind those things that I want to set my heart on. Yeah. And, and in that too comes humility. Like there's a, there's a deep sense of, I, I can't do this. Like, and honesty, right? Which is, I'm very distractible. I'm like easily distracted. Lord, would you help me in this? Lord, would you, uh, you know, protect this time so that I can focus on you? Uh, because how easy, I just think by my own life, how easy is it to fall out of a pattern and all of a sudden you're just, it's just distraction and it's it's not time spent with him uh, to enjoy Jesus. And, um, you know, what have been some of the ways that you have been able to, to, to set aside time? Like, do you, is there a certain rhythm that you have that you want to share with us? Like, is it getting up early? Is it reading at night? Is it uh, walking with a podcast? Like, what are some ways that you would, you would challenge us maybe to not be distracted, but to reorient our attention to the Lord? Yeah. A couple specific things for me, it, it is mornings. It's all about the mornings. I said, I had four kids youngest is 10. So they're, they're older. They know how to sleep in now. You know, there were days where they didn't know how to sleep in. So early mornings were my thing. Yeah. So early mornings are how I wrote a book. That's, that was my time to, to get things done. And, um, but always set it before the Lord first, nothing else until I spend that time in the word. And that really changed, you know, when I was 
uh, early, young married woman, I met some other women in my church who just knew scripture. Like it just came out of them when they encouraged you. It came out of them in their prayers. And I was in awe, like, man, it's really hard for me to remember one verse. How do these women do this? How do they just pray? And it just like, are they looking at verses before they pray to just get them? How do they do this? I want to become that kind of woman. And it, it felt huge. It felt like way too much. But I can say over the years, just time spent in the word. And it's, it's 10 minutes a day. When those kids were little, it might have been two verses that I digested in Psalms. And you know what? It's enough. It's just spending time with him, giving him my first fruits, what I have. And it builds and it builds and it builds just till his thoughts become my thoughts. His word becomes my word. And I, I have been intentional about memorizing too. And that's, that's nothing other sometimes than elbow grease, just hard work of, man, this is really hard. But as my kids have grown, I've used them as a tool to help me as well, because they are sharp. Like they, it's so much easier for them to memorize. So if you have kids, utilize them, grab someone else's kids. Like, I want to challenge you. Can we try to do these verses? Can we try to do this passage? Can we try to do this chapter? Like it really can grow like that. And they can motivate me to do that. So that part is just faithfulness. And that's kind of the application of that, but it doesn't have to look that way. It could be late at night. I'm not a night person. I would fall asleep, you know? So some people might fall asleep in the morning trying to read the Bible. I would be gone at night, but it can be, it can be just turning on the worship music and, and setting aside time to praise. It can come in a whole lot of different forms. And that's where the great things of technology can come into play as well, right? Like we have that on an app. We can, we can listen to the Bible and, and be listening to the word. Like what a great use of God's word. So it's just, just being intentional about that time. But other than that too, I think it, it's really key to pray for wisdom and discernment in this area, because we, a lot of times just want the hard and fast rules. Like, what is this going to look like? How much time is too much? Is this, I've been doing this. Is this good? Is this bad? Is I just would like a rule book. You know, sometimes I'm tempted to think when I'm reading the um, old Testament, gosh, it would be, it would be easy if you were Moses and you could just climb up a mountain and talk to God, or it would be easy if you were a disciple and Jesus was there to talk to you. But again, when he said, I left the Holy spirit in my steed to help you. And we can ask him for wisdom. James one, five says that he grants it to those who ask earnestly. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to say, God, this is hard. This is challenging. You know, my frame and you know, my desire to honor you in this. And then I can start watching for his prompts in my day to guide my heart back again and again and again. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I, I've always heard the uh, the phrase, it's like, you want to know what you want God to speak to you? Like he spoke to, to Moses on the mountain, uh, read your word. And it's like, I try, you know, but it's like you said, you have 10 minutes. But I think what you're getting at is that the heart behind it, right? And even just think about like the, the story where the woman puts the one penny inside the coffer, right? Like that's all she had. But she, she just threw the one penny in there. She gave the first fruits of what she could do that day, you know, that month, that week for, for that lady. And I think that's an interesting way of thinking about it is the Lord's, he's not concerned about the amount of time, I think, that we spend. Because I think that can get legalistic, right? Of course, we want to like extend how much time we have, but that extension shouldn't come from a place of obligation, but out of a place of like wanting more of, of the Lord, wanting more of Jesus to know him deeper. And just like with good friends, I mean, early on conversations are tough, but as soon, like, you know, to keep them going maybe, right? As you just starting to get to know someone. Years down the road though, you're, you can talk for hours and hours and hours. Think about those friends that you have, haven't seen in like a year or two and you catch up and it's like, that was two hours. Wow, right? That idea of, you know, you, you build towards it as the relationship grows. Right. And when you're talking about relationship, the inverse of that, I believe is also true. I remember when I had tiny babies at home 
and, and discipline is kind of my strong suit. So I don't have to like really struggle to do that. Like some people would. Um, so that I don't think that always honors him as much like, yeah, I can, I'll be all kinds of legalistic and make a checklist and check it off every day to see that I've met with the Lord. And I remember one specific morning that I didn't have time, like, and, and that would be rare for me. Like I just didn't read the Bible, anything kids crying, you know, things are spilling. It's time to go to work. Right. And I, I had a sweet day with the Lord. Sometimes you just feel like, man, he was just with me. You can feel it more than others, right? Like he was giving me grace in that moment. He was giving me words. He was giving me patience with those little kids when I'm tired and I remember the end of the day feeling just this sweetness and, and thanking the Lord for walking with me through that day. And at the same time, I realized I didn't even read my Bible today. Like, and, and, and so sometimes when we get into that time counting, we make it more about what we put in than, than what he does. Like, it's never about what I put in. It's about what he gives me. And I had spent time developing that relationship and he's there just as much when I check off the check mark for that day or when I don't. So it's about developing that relationship, not, not anything about a checklist. Absolutely. The, um, you know, so people often talk about like spiritual disciplines and they'll talk about um, the idea of meditation. And for, for years, I was actually really frustrated when I would try and do meditation because, you know, you sit down, they're like, hey, sit down with a piece of scripture and just think about it for like 10 minutes. And I would do that. I'd have it there. And it's like, I get frustrated because I'm like 40 seconds in, I'm thinking about something else, right? And it was like, it started from a good place, but then I'm thinking about the scripture and then I'm thinking about how that applies to this situation in my life. And now I'm thinking about that person and what they said to me. And now all of a sudden you're distracted. I'd be like, well, meditation's a joke. Like, why do we do this? I can't do this. And it was only when I kind of read a little bit more on meditation and the idea of meditation, you know, of, of, of dwelling on scripture is actually like, embracing that your attention gets distracted and then reorienting your attention back. So it was kind of funny. It's like, oh, so I'm supposed to like lose attention. But part of the med meditation is like whoosh, coming right back to it. And that, you know, as you're describing your day, that kind of makes me think about that. Like even as you think about, okay, we live in a, a time that's really distracting and our attention is lost. Well, it's that constant coming back and re-bringing our mind uh, back, right? Setting our mind on the things above that constant return. It'll become easier as you do it. Right. But it's, that's the work that I think the Lord really sees and loves. And, 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 uh, you know, again, it's like, it's less about time in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what circling back to what we talked about earlier about, yes, everything's on fire. Everything's screaming for our attention but it also is the land of great opportunity for us to get that exercise. Attention is a muscle that we have to exercise. So yes, we're practicing setting our mind again and again. And so not only does that make our attention spend longer over time, we get better at it, but it honors Christ. Like there's a kid there. He's seeing his child wanting, like, like just flexing their muscles to pay attention to him again and again and again. And I can't imagine how that honors him. Absolutely. How do you begin to transition from a fast paced world to like a slower paced way of, of being with God? And, and is that even possible? I hope it's possible. I, that's the interesting part is that the science of the way he designed us is to make those synapses in our brain connect again and again. And that's been a fun part of researching this for me. Like he has formed us, created us for success in this, right? And we can strengthen those muscles again and again. But my encouragement would just be that it doesn't happen in leaps and bounds. Like 
you're, you're not going to sit down and all of a sudden have this focus of three hours to read heavy theological work, right? It's going to happen in inches that don't feel like they add up. Just like when I told you I wanted to become a woman who was like steeped in scripture and, and knew it and it was in my heart and in, in my words and in my prayers for others. And, and I realized, you know, I'm still on the journey to that, but, but it happens over time. Sometimes that, you know, his word does not return void. And, and so I'm going to take him up on that process. And so if it starts out in a minute here and a minute there, and then later on, as I have differing capacity, it might be an hour here, an hour there, it may shrink. And, you know, I'm just going to move with the flow that he gives me always knowing that I have a heart that's trying earnestly to set my heart upon him, but you can see that adding up over time. So just being faithful being a, when we talk about stewardship in that article, that's, that's what it is. This is what I have. This is, I am the widow with the might. That's what I have to offer him. But am I going to, or am I going to, am I going to spend my wills, you know, pieces at a time, distracting myself with something else. So just knowing we have that choice and I'm going to make it whatever it is. Mm. So as we come in for a landing here, um, as you think about this idea of uh, young adult generation, right. And you think about your your kids growing up and, and becoming the, the men and women that they're going to become. What, what excites you about that? I guess is my, like, because I guess there's an aspect of it that's like scary. Like maybe, maybe the question is this, what's the most frustrating part of trying to raise children in this uh, distracted world? But then what's the most exciting part about that? Mm-hmm. The frustrating part is, well, kind of what I alluded to earlier is that where's the protocol for this? You know, I can't lean back on, well, this is what my parents did. This is the way we're going to do it. We didn't even have to deal with these issues of social media and such. So I I don't, you know, we kind of had to learn on our own. It was a new stomping ground and it still feels like that in some way. So um, the the ways of parenting that can seem kind of difficult. And sometimes you stub your toe, oftentimes you stub your toe before you figure out, okay, we're kind of doing it wrong, but let's correct this here. Okay. But the good of that is the re- we're relying on Christ like never before. Okay, God, you have led your people through generations. And I, I think there's this great temptation to believe that all of these things are novel. Like this is get caught up in the cultural moment. Like we've never seen anything like this before. We have never been this distracted before. And, and that's kind of what we're bringing this whole thing around to is like, look back. Okay, first of all, we God has commanded us for generations to remember, to not forget what happens when God's people forget him. So can we put this in a broader principle? Sure, they didn't have social back then, but we were called to remember from the beginning of time and God has been faithful for the beginning of time. So I don't know what this is all going to look like ahead. I don't know what this is all going to look like for my kids, but I do know that we can be faithful because God is faithful. So that's exciting. Like this is, we're on the foreground of something new, something different. It's going to look different from them, but God is going to be able to use them too, because I know he's faithful. Yeah. Amen. Well, Katie, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for being on the program and you know, just spending some of your time just speaking with myself and, you know, to our audience here. And yeah, yeah we really appreciate it. It's been, it's been great. Yeah, I love this topic. You guys are doing good work. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
In Doubt is a ministry that exists to engage young people with biblical truth and provide answers for many of today's questions of life, faith, and culture. Through audio programs, articles, and blogs, In Doubt reaches out to encourage, strengthen, and disciple young adults. To check out all the resources of In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca in Canada or indoubt.com in the U.S. Or if you're in a position or share a passion for the ministry of young people, you can support the ongoing mission of engaging a new generation with the truth of the Bible. First, you can pray for this ministry. And second, and if you are able, please consider a financial gift by visiting indoubt.ca in Canada or indoubt.com in the U.S. Your gift of any amount is such a blessing and an answer to prayer. Thanks.